K-A-L. My name is Steve Eunice and I'm joined once again by my co-host Neil Bailey. Welcome to our 10th show. How are you doing, Neil? Pretty good. How about you, Steve? Not too bad at all. I'm actually pretty jazzed about comics at the moment. There's so much going on. Uh, mind if we talk a little bit about that? Sounds like a good plan. Seems to be where the most is going on right now. Definitely. First and foremost is the fact that as this edition of Radio KAL goes online, the 2005 calendar year for comics is drawing to an end. November sees January 2006 issues hitting the shelves. Which means it's time for our SHIELD Awards. How many years have we been doing those now? This will be our fifth awards ceremony. We started in 2001. Back in the fandom days. Oh, it was only around review 30 or 40 back then. Oh, the good old days! <laughs> yeah, well, way back when. Anyhow, the 2005 SHIELD Awards will be launched on November 2nd and will run exactly for a month. Uh, should be interesting to see who wins the various categories, categories this year. What are your impressions of 2005 Superman comics overall? This year I'm just, well, it's like anything but 2003, you know? The year when continue, or when things were just really tanking. I mean, we've seen the continuation of a bunch of great teams. Azarello left, and Verheiden took over. Gale got action, and Superman, Batman, and Adventures kept chugging along. The strange thing is that something's been present that hasn't been around so much in a, in a long while. A general cohesiveness and a focused intent because of the whole OMAC slash Villains United slash Infinite Crisis phenomena. Personally, I was, I was uh, I don't know, pretty disappointed in Azarello's conclusion to For Tomorrow, uh, which ended in 2005. But to counteract that, we were thankfully treated to some great storytelling by Greg Rucker. And with the year ending uh, with Countdown and Introduction to Infinite Crisis, 2005 really ended on a positive note. I'm of about the same mind. I think the whole Azarello thing, which I still get letters about, was always about the flash and the bang as opposed to the character. And sure, it added a lot of profile, but to be completely honest, even though I didn't much enjoy the er, uh, even though I didn't enjoy the last run on action comics very much, it was still much more sincere to the character than Azarello was. With with Gale it was like, this is a take on the character. With Azarello it's like, is this the character? Lee drew fantastic pictures, but sad mean old soups is on his way out to say nothing of Metropia. Oi. Oi indeed. The Ruin storyline came to a pretty good head, even though it's not necessarily over. Pete betraying his friend, or did he? And Superman Batman not necessarily paying too much attention to continuity, but a good story with Supergirl, Luthor looming, and alternate futures. Talking about Luthor and alternate stuff, uh, what did you think of Villains United and the lead into Infinite Crisis? I'm fascinated. I think that it's pre-Crisis Luthor we're dealing with, or one other option that I've been keeping to myself, because if that's what it is, I don't want to spoil it. But the idea of Luthor going up against Luthor is a storyline I've long been fascinated with and pondered exploring very strongly if I ever get the chance to do a Superman story. Everyone wants to know what happens when Superman goes up against someone with his own powers, which is why Bizarro and Daxamites have a great hold. Just imagine two men with infinite backup plans with an entire world as their backdrop, which I'm hoping makes it into the Infinite Crisis. What did you think of that first issue? The whole two Luthors thing really threw me for a loop. I did not see that one coming at all. I was thoroughly enthralled by the first issue of Infinite Crisis. I thought it had great action with great story. I don't read any other DCU titles other than Superman, Supergirl and the JLA titles, but Infinite Crisis has me interested in what happens across the whole DC universe, and I think that's a good thing and well done considering my limited knowledge of those other titles. And sadly, it's expanded my pull list as well. 
It was easier, come to think of it, a few years ago when comics were sucking. I mean, I could just say, eh, and move on, but now, with so many compelling books, I find my wallet torn. What do you think about the series as a whole? I was about ready to tear it a new one when I found out it wasn't Luke Thor Focal, but then uh, Simone won me over with her writing and the events going on. Quite surprising, and kind of like Chuck Austin, where when she's allowed to go nutty, like Austin did with Metropolis, I really enjoyed it, but in the main run, the action comics, not so much. Do you think the series is opposed to just the Luthor thing? Or, or rather, uh, sorry, did you did you like the series as opposed to just the Luthor thing, which was pretty awesome? Yeah, I never thought I'd be interested in Catman and those other villains, but Simone made me care what happened to them. And it, uh, she totally sucked me into the twists and turns I were involved with. It's hard to get a guy grooving to Catman. My worry is that no one will pick up where she left off and he'll fall back into obscurity again, but eh, such is comics. What did you think, though, about her whole resolution to that Thornton arc, which went on literally since a year or two before I started reading comics regularly? Back before I'd written any reviews! The Superman finds out Thornton is Satanist. was revolved in about one panel. I thought that was pretty disappointing and a bit rushed. Likewise. But then, hey, I reviewed it, so I'll let that speak for itself. You think he's dead? Nobody's ever really dead in comics. But, no, I'm sure Satanist will be back sooner or later. Also, not having read anything regarding the Spectre's current predicament had me a bit confused by his actions. But all in all, it was still an interesting read. It just lacked any real punch, I felt. Well, he's been going after magic users, and at least in the Day of Vengeance series, which makes it kind of weird to go after Satanus. I'd always assumed of him more a deity in nature, kind of like the devil as opposed to magical. But then there's also the fact that Spectre is supposed to be God's vengeance as opposed to antithetical to magic. So I'm curious, come to think of it, why he never went after Satanus before. Still hastily done, alas. If I had one criticism of DC Comics at the moment... It'd be of the editing teams involved in this whole crossover in the lead into Infinite Crisis. It's like they've totally forgotten how to put in those, those little boxes letting readers know that something particular happened in a previous issue or in another title. Very much agreed. I think It's out there somewhere with the letter columns and the other little courtesies that have gone down the drain in favor of uh, more format, I guess. It's funny, because if I hadn't read Villains United and wanted to catch up on the dual Luthors and what was going on, and there was a little box saying that the two Luthors came about in Villains United, I'd go out and buy it. That's that's how I learned the characters when I was a kid. But, but anyway, I'm hoping more attention and care is given to introducing Livewire, because frankly, an ancillary, of course, what, what am I not? I, I'm in love with the chick who did Livewire's voice. Stupid reason, yeah, but that's why I like the character. Like Gilbert Godfrey always being mixy to me, you know? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I'm kind of surprised they took so long to bring the character across into the comics. Yeah, I'm amazed the Batman and Beyond and the Red Sun Superman made it in, in, into the mainline titles first. Talk about being out of the blue. Yeah, but that's Jeff Loeb for you. He's always paying tribute to other incarnations of the character. He's a showman, for sure. And talking of Loeb, what of Supergirl vs. Supergirl? That should be an interesting one. It looks pretty crazy and cool. I'm worried Black Kryptonite will be as ill-defined as it was in Smallville, but maybe here's his chance to fix that. It appears to express a duality in a given character or restore a singularity. Agreed. And hey, outside of comics, what did you think of those Game Informer scans? I was thinking, what, is that some kind of Luthor robot or maybe Metallo? Because it's bald, so it could go either way. The, the licensed games tend to go in the direction of sideline plots as opposed to the linear, the, the linear movie uh, plot. Like like Vulture for the Spider-Man movie game. You're, you're, you're wondering what the heck he has to do with it. but that tends to bug me, but heck, looking at those graphics, it could be, it could be better than Shadow of Apocalypse, by far my favorite Superman game. 
I'm thinking it's Metello for sure. And from what I've heard, while the game will have fa- facets from the new movie, mm. it'll also incorporate the 60 years of Superman history into the game as well. Uh, it's looking like a must-have for all Superman fans and hopefully for video game fans as well. We've never really had a must-have Superman game before. Yeah, they've all had little niches of goodness, but never an overall solid play. All Man of Steel had was the ability to have your own soundtrack when it comes down to it. There's something to be said for kicking B13 around to Green Day, but really, I, I can do that with my own stereo. How about a good, addictive playing style? I think it'll be good looking at it. Well, talking about addictive Superman stuff, here's a new teaser trailer for the next episode of Superman The Last Son of Krypton audio drama. A bewildering confession. You're going to need to come to Strikers with me. I'm aware. It's time to tell all of Metropolis the truth. A plan runs down to the wire. Can that problem be remedied? Of course, of course! Perhaps not. It will take time. Time is something we are drastically short on. Tempers flare. Luther is manipulative, and I'd even go so far as to say downright evil. This is slander. And an unexpected arrival reveals surprising news. Folks, I don't believe it. Wonder Woman has just flown in and landed here at the podium. Issue 10 of Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, coming October 26, 2005. Only at supermanhomepage.com. Yes, indeed. That's some ongoing goodness. (laughs) Don't forget you can download the audio drama alongside this Radio KAL episode at the Superman Homepage website. If only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Time for the ever-fun super-secret soundbite competition. Now, with Season 5 underway, I'm going to return to sounds from Smallville for this competition. We've got four seasons now from which to pick from, so it should be an interesting thing to see how well you guys and girls know Smallville. And you know I'm going to screw this one up. But before I play the new sound, here's the list of eight people who correctly guessed that last show's sound came from the Season 1 Lois and Clark episode titled Witness. Those people are Sven Mayer, Jeremy Smith, Joseph Dempsey, Nelda Mormon, Nicole S., Zach Shapiro, Annie Allen, and James Heath Lance. Congrats, guys. Only eight means we're doing something right, as are the few who got it. One of these days we'll stump you all. That'll be interesting. At least I won't pronounce anyone's name wrong that month. Heh. <laughs> So here's a new super secret soundbite. Last night was the best night of my life. If you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound comes from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Radio KAL page at Superman homepage and fill out the entry form. If you get it right, I'll read your name out in the next Radio KAL show. Good luck, everyone. Neil, you any good at doing drum roll sound effects? <laughs> Actually, though, I play the drums, no, isn't that crazy? Ah, uh, then I'll just have to move right along and introduce the newest segment for Radio KAL, the Brainiac Brain Teaser. Riddle me this! I don't yet have an intro theme for this segment, so if anyone knows of a good Superman-related sound that would fit, email me and let me know. So, what's this all about, then? Well, basically, each show I'll read out a Brain Teaser puzzle that has a Superman spin to it. There's no competition or entry forms, just some fun for you to try your brain at. So here's the first Brainiac Brain Teaser. Listen up. Inspector Turpin approached Tommy, a known member of Intergang, and asked if he knew the whereabouts of Boss Moxie, the notorious gangster. Oh yeah, replied Tommy. 
He's hiding out in that row of townhouses up the street. Seeing as how you might not find them yourself, I'll even give you the numbers. He's in 748, 749 and 750. I know he's there because I was in there the other day and he was getting ready for a raid. He even knocked holes in the walls between the three units so they can go back and forth in case of a shootout. You better be careful, advised Tommy. He has a whole case of apocalypse weapons and enough ammo to flatten Metropolis. Dan Turpin sighed and said, You can cut the bull right there, Tommy. What was the flaw in Tommy's story? He was trying to snow Dan Turpin, who would sooner bust him in the gut than hear his cockamamie story? No, I'll reveal the answer in our next Radio KAL show. Or that, that's much better. Okay, time to sing along. Or maybe not. Depends on whether or not you've ever heard of the next Superman song we're about to play. Neil, you ever heard of Aaron Tippin? Well, believe it or not, no. I tell you, you keep stumping me. What's this genre? Maybe that's why. I'm kind of a punk rock guy. Yeah, well, you might want to block your ears then, because this song is called Honky Tonk Superman. The hell?
that's my best Linda Blair impression. And there you have it. That's all we have time for on this, our 10th Radio KAL show. It's been fun. Thanks, Neil. Thank you, Steve. And you stay classy, James Marston. You've been listening to Radio KAL at supermanhomepage.com. <laughs> <laughs>